Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow, great to see you again. Critics agree, Loki season two is marvelous, great, and it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two, now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? How are you now? Well, how am I now? I'm glad I asked. It's been a while since I uh, recorded a podcast. Haven't recorded anything since I did the final bottom six minutes for the end of the Montreal Canadiens season. How are you doing, folks? You are listening to Absent Minded Extra. We're here to talk a little bit about the Montreal Canadiens prospects who are involved in the QMJHL playoffs this year, of which there are four of note. And I thought this would be you know, a good series for us to kind of kick off at the end of this year with the Habs very not involved in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Just to kind of talk about the future a little bit, because we've got some players that I think could figure into the future of the Montreal Canadiens at some point, uh, if not soon. And it all starts with Joshua Roy. Now, he is a player who you have probably heard me talk a little bit about on Bottom 6 Minutes. And if you follow me on Twitter, you've definitely seen me talking about him a lot on there. And let me tell you, folks, this kid is off to an absolute blazing hot start to his playoffs. After putting up 119 points during his season, leading the entire league, by the way, winning the Trophée Jean Béliveau as the top scorer in the QMJHL. He has absolutely not missed a beat going into the playoffs. Had a massive game one for the Sherbrooke Phoenix. In a 7-0 win for Sherbrooke, he had two goals and two assists. And let me tell you, he was absolutely magnificent in that game. His first goal, he was coming in on the, the right-hand side. He's a left shot, and he cuts back into the middle and just snipes top shelf. Le sniper Beauceron, absolutely on point in that game. Second goal was a bit of a weird one. He took a shot, and it bounced way up in the air and just landed in the net. So, you know, sometimes you, you, you got to be lucky to be good, and you got to be good to be lucky, right? He's... He's a little bit of both, uh, definitely more good than lucky, but sometimes you need a little bit of luck. And then he adds the two apples as well, just really feeding his teammates whenever he gets the opportunity. He is not a one-trick pony. You know, when going into the draft, one of the reasons that he fell, I think, into the fifth round was, number one, because he had a bit of a 
lackluster season in his pre-draft year, right? He was playing for the St. John Sea Dogs originally, and things went a little bit rough there, and then he transferred over to the Sherbrooke Phoenix, uh, did pretty well with them, but he was still, I think, just below a point per game. I'd have to double-check that to be sure, but it, it, it he didn't blow the doors off, so as a result, he didn't shoot up in the draft ranks. If you had to redraft right now, knowing what we now know, I think he goes in the first round, no problem. I don't know if he goes top 10, but he goes in the first round for sure. If we if we knew what we know now when that draft was happening, there's no way he's falling out of the first round. Unbelievable player. Goes into game two for Sherbrooke, right? Hard to follow up a four-point game. He follows up his four-point game with a three-point game. This time, all apples. Three apples. One of them was secondary, not a big deal. Uh, but one of them was a beautiful pass. I'm going to put that one in the article on Habs and the Prize. I'm going to put a few different highlights in the article on Eyes and the Prize for people to take a look at. Uh, but one of them was just absolutely beautiful pass out front to Julien Axel on the power play. I mean, he's on the outside hash mark, and he passes it into the low slot through like two or three sticks to get it on Axel's stick. I mean, the fact that he put that pass tape to tape through that much traffic and he it was basically a no look like he looked off the d to make sure that they didn't have the sticks in the passing lane uh again this is not a one-trick pony and the second reason that he dropped which i forgot to mention i got stuck on the fact that he had a bit of a lackluster pre-draft season is that people were saying scouts were saying this guy's just a shooter he beats goalies over and over again you know, can't really blame him because he's got a really good shot, but people were saying he's a little bit one-dimensional. Just a guy who can kind of shoot. Think Mike Hoffman, right? Everybody knows Mike Hoffman, one-touch Hoffman. He's a good shooter, but some of the other aspects of his game, not very good. Joshua Roy, people may have been thinking that about him going into the draft, but if they're still thinking it now, they got another thing coming, man, because he's quite good defensively. Uh, you often see him getting some really good stick lifts and stealing the puck. You see him anticipating the play and jumping passes. And offensively, man, his toolbox is pretty deep. He's not just scoring goals. He did score, uh, what, 51 goals in the regular season, and now he's already got two goals and five assists in the playoffs. His number one thing appears to be playmaking right now he loves to feed his teammates and he does it very very well he makes very creative passes he attacks the heels you hear a lot of scouts you know you'll hear my buddy Hattie who writes for Habs Eyes and the Prize he writes the Catching the Torch series talking about attacking the heels right you try to get players turned around you make passes or skate in a direction and try to deke them out by going at where their weakest point is in terms of their skating which is at their heels he does this a lot he does it with regularity he does it like nobody else uh that i've seen on at least in the habs prospect pool right now um i'm very excited about this kid i legitimately think he's going to give them a tough decision next year i think uh, he's obviously going to come to camp right he's going to be at dev camp he'll probably be at main camp as well and I firmly believe they are going to give this kid the nine-game tryout. I don't think that you want to burn a year of his ELC 
for whatever the team's going to be next year. I think we can all agree that they're probably not going to be Stanley Cup contenders. Maybe they're a bubble team at best. And so, you know, the best case scenario for this team is they sneak in as a wild card into the playoffs, I think. And in all likelihood, they won't even do that. So I would not really want to see them burn a year of his ELC and put him in that tough of a situation on a bad team. But I would absolutely advocate to give him those nine games. Give him a little taste of NHL action and see what does he have? What is he able to do? The number one thing that he needs to work on is his skating. And I think, you know, the, that that aha moment, right, where he comes to the NHL, plays eight or nine games and realizes, damn, I, I got to fix my skating a little bit. There's a couple of things I need to work on on that front. Getting a chance to work with Adam Nicholas with the Montreal Canadiens on that. I think it would be very beneficial for him. And I would argue, give him those nine games, and then maybe at the end of those nine games, if the team's not doing well, which we expect they probably won't be doing super well, send him back to Sherbrooke, give him one more year in junior, and then the year after that, 2023-24, we see Joshua Roy as a member of the Montreal Canadiens. I have not felt this sure about a prospect in a long time. The last time... I felt this sure about a prospect. Well, <laughs> I guess it would have been Cole Caulfield. So it actually hasn't been a long time. I lied. But <laughs> before that, it, it would have been a, a long time. I can't even remember the last time that I felt this excited about a prospect that was not named Cole Caulfield. Maybe Alex Galchenyuk uh, because he was a high draft pick and he had really good junior stats. But other than that, I, I can't think of anyone. So... I got to say, I'm very excited specifically to see what he can do at camp, to see what he can do at dev camp. And I'm, I'm excited to see those nine games. I really believe that they're going to do it, that they're going to give him that opportunity. And uh, and we'll see if he can make it further than those nine games, then it will be because he really deserves it. Because I do not think that the new management group is dumb enough to to keep him around if the team is not doing well, because that wouldn't be a good situation for a young player. But I digress. Very exciting stuff coming from him so far, and uh, we should all be keeping an eye on him. I think the Phoenix are a very good team as well. They're probably going to go pretty far in these QMJHL playoffs. And look at that. I've already spent almost 10 minutes talking about Roy. Uh, we got to move on. We got to talk about the Charlottetown Islanders, who happen to have two Montreal Canadiens prospects, Xavier Simoneau and uh, William Trudeau. Both players finding the score sheet in both of their games. The Charlottetown Islanders also opening up a 2 to nothing series lead over the Moncton Wildcats in their five-game series. I should mention at this point that they are five-game series uh, in the first round of the QMJHL playoffs. They had a big shutdown this year in the QMJHL, if you haven't heard about it, uh, due to COVID. So as a result, first round, best of five and both the Sherbrooke Phoenix and the Charlottetown Islanders have opened up 2-0 series leads. Not surprising because they're two of the strongest teams in the league. But what is surprising when you look at the Charlottetown Islanders series is that their key player right now has been William Trudeau. He's been incredible. No disrespect to Xavier Simoneau. I mean, he's an overager. Uh, he's a guy that projects to definitely be with the Laval Rocket next year. Uh, and he had three assists in the first game, which they won 7-2, to two, and had one assist in game two, which they won 4-2. Uh, to two. 
but Trudeau has really been kind of the beast for that team. He had a goal in the first game, the 7-2 win. Nothing to sneeze at. But in the second game, he was the first star of the game, and he had a goal and an assist in that game. So three points in two games, and Simono has four points in two games. So both of them doing very well. But I'm most impressed right now with uh, William Trudeau. Um, both of his goals have been just absolute rippers from the point. He takes a really nice, low, hard wrist shot from the point. Um, I will have highlights again in the our article on Eyes on the Prize for you to check out. Uh, it's it's impressive to watch him shoot. You know, he's not a guy that when they drafted him, I expected fireworks from, so to speak. Right? He's a guy that I was like, wow, you know, they, they picked him. They're obviously taking a look at guys from the queue. Uh, they want to try to get some local players uh, to bring back, you know, try and bring back some of that magic that they had in, you know, the 70s and stuff like that. But I got to say, just through these playoffs and through having watched some of his games throughout the course of this year, I'm impressed by what he brings. I'm, I'm intrigued. I don't know what his path to the NHL is. I think he's going to have a tougher one because I think the Habs, especially on the blue line, they have a lot of really interesting players coming up. And I'm just, especially when it comes to defensemen, I'm always reticent because in the past, I, like I said when I was talking about Roy, right? The last time that I was really excited about a defensive prospect, you want to know who it was? It was Josh Brook, and he's playing in the ECHL now. Before that, the defensive prospect I was most excited about was Dalton Thrower. Put your hand up if you remember who that is. Most people won't, and most people don't, and there's a good reason for that, because I was very wrong about Dalton Thrower, and I was very wrong about Josh Brook. So I'm always reticent to get excited about defensive prospects, but i got to tell you, very impressed with William Trudeau uh, so far. As for Simoneau, uh, again, I really believe that he is going to be a key player for the Laval Rocket next year. He's a guy that you know got passed over in his first opportunity at the draft, and the Habs picked him up super late in the 2021 draft. And I think he's going to have a story similar to, you know, Raphael Harvey Pignard or uh, Joel Teasdale with the Laval Rocket. I think he's going to have a career in hockey. I don't know if he can make it to the Montreal Canadiens, but I gotta say he had a ridiculous scoring rate during the regular season before he got injured. And he's off to a pretty goddamn good start in the playoffs as well. Two points per game so far. Four points in two games. So, you know, things are looking bright. We got three players in those playoffs who are having absolute ace beginnings. But there is a flip side as well. We have to talk as well about Riley Kidney. Uh, Riley Kidney had an unbelievable regular season in the QMJHL, scoring uh, 100 points for the Ekadzibathurst Titan. And they, not just him, but they as a team, having a very tough start to their playoffs. They lost their first two games to the Halifax Mooseheads at home in a best-of-five series. You play the first two games at home, you lose both of them, and you're the favorite, right? You're the top seed. Not the top seed, but the, the higher seed in that series. And you're going back to Halifax now down 0-2 that's going to be a very tough climb back for them. They lost game one, six to three. Uh, Riley Kidney was held scoreless in that one. In the second game, they lost six to five. Now, Riley Kidney was not held scoreless in that second game. He did manage two assists, but the problem for Bathurst right now is they can't 
seem to limit scoring chances whatsoever. They're allowing a ton of quality chances against. And as as much as Riley Kidney is a very gifted offensive player, the key for them, if they want to get back into this series, is going to be better defense. They haven't really had that much of a scoring problem. I mean, they've scored eight goals through the course of two games. Normally, if you're playing good defense, that's enough for you, right? You, you, you tell almost any coach, all right, in the next two games, you're going to score eight goals. Most coaches would say, yeah, I'll take that, right? And we just got to try and defend, make sure that we got to give up less than eight, right? Well, they've given up 12. So there's a little bit of an aspect of goaltending there, which I won't really get into, but really it just seems like they're defensively a mess. They're hoping that they can outscore the opponent. And the reality is you have enough talent to probably do that, but you, you also do have to play defense, which they just don't seem to want to do right now. And as for Kidney, I would like to see more from him. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, this is just a really, really rough series for them. And it's a short one, so they don't have a lot of time to turn it around. One thing I will say uh, that I've noticed from watching those games, uh, Jordan Zume for the Halifax Mooseheads, he had a 100 and, what 106-point season in the regular season. And he's currently ranked 73rd by NHL Central Scouting for this upcoming draft. I'm telling you guys right now, if the Montreal Canadiens can snag Jordan Zume in the second or third round of this draft, I am going to dance naked on the roof of my new house that I'm moving into in June. There's a humble brag for you. Yes, I bought a house. I bought that house specifically so that I can dance naked on the roof if the Montreal Canadiens get Jordan Zeman in the second or third round. That kid has no business being that deep in the draft, honestly. I think he's a first-round talent. I think size is pushing him uh, further down on a lot of scouts' lists. Uh, Folks, do yourselves a favor, and don't even take my word for it. Just go to YouTube, whatever you like to use, and just search search for... Search. Search for Jordan Zeman highlights. And take a look for yourselves and, and, and tell me, do you think that that's a player who should be available in the third round? I don't. And I, again, will dance naked on the roof of my house if the Montreal Canadiens get him in the third round. I would be immeasurably happy. He's a great talent. And uh, it's been a pleasure to watch him. As much as I've been rooting for, for Kidney, I want to see him go deep in the playoffs. You know, I'm, I'm watching this kid as well, and I'm going, God damn. I can't believe you're ranked that low right now. I, I, I would love to see the Montreal Canadiens draft you. Anyways, we're running, what, almost 20 minutes already. So uh, I've been rambling on for a while. Um, quick disclaimer at the end of this. Listen, um, I know I've, I've only covered the QMJHL so far. Uh, I have been watching some of the other prospects as well, so I will probably have an update, uh, you know, OHL-wise and, uh, and WHL-wise. I know everybody's probably interested in what Caden Gooley's been doing. And as for the OHL, I think after the draft lottery comes around, there's a couple of guys there, namely uh, Mr. Shane Wright, that we might want to take a look at as well. Uh, So I think I'll have some stuff as well on the other leagues. uh, But for the moment, you know, as I mentioned, I did buy a house. So uh, I'm going to be a little bit busy over the next month because I got to move in June. Might not be able to make these super regular. I'm not going to be able to do a podcast after every single game. But in the comments, on the article on Eyes and the Prize, or you can go to my Twitter at DrakeMT and send me a DM. Let me know what you would like to see, who you would like to hear more about, and uh, I will make an effort 
to take more of a look at those players and to post some more articles about them, to cut some highlights, make some GIFs, and uh, maybe even record a podcast about them as well so we can talk about it a little bit. Uh, I am a man of the people. I want to try to make sure that we're giving you guys some good content because let's face it, this was a shit sandwich of a Montreal Canadiens season, and I think we all deserve a nice gander at the future and see you know, what's going on with some of these prospects, how can they help us, and <laughs> how soon can they help us. Uh, it's not like they can help us in the playoffs because we're not there. But one day we'll be back. Anyways, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. Again, I am on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. And, of course, à la prochaine.